to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch That was all just terrible No You can't hear yourself? No I can't hear either one of us, but I can hear Karina and well, I can hear us. We're sitting next to you. Well, you can hear, yeah. Yeah. So, so. like, yeah, so you could do the one ear headphone thing, like one ear for me and one ear for each other. That's true. And I don't know Lisa's why that sounds so here. sweet. I trust that she's there. She's here. There <laughs> she is. Oh, a little bit of hairline. That was we're nice. doing it. We're doing it. You guys. A lot of troubleshooting. Oh, my God. Anybody? <laughs> we have literally like every piece of gear I have at my house is just thrown across the table now because we were just like, "What do we do?" I'm covered. Just a panicked pile of cables and mm-hmm. cords, and yeah. basically, basically yes. But it's, That's okay. it's working, and we're yeah. here for for Thanksgiving. Oh, after Thanksgiving, it- but you know. Yeah, thanks, post-giving. Mm-hmm. B- Black Sunday, Cyber oh, Sunday, it's Local like Business Sunday. Dark Gray Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cyber Monday tomorrow, I think. I can't believe that name has still stuck around to 2020. Just the word cyber, I feel like I might have said this before, but the word cyber just makes me think cyber sex. Like, who fucking says cyber Yeah, ever? Unless they're saying cyber sex. Yeah, and it's the year 2001. <clears throat> it's just such an 80s, yeah, it's an 80s word that barely stumbled its way to like the Twin Towers falling and it shouldn't right. be around anymore. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's make a change.org petition. Mm. Do they, does that still happen? Change.org? I thought we got all the change we needed. <laughs> I, I mean, thought we... In 2016, we everything changed. Like, it did. what else do we want? It did. Yeah. It's true. It's... You know, solid point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a change.org petition to take down change.org. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many of those there have been. There's got to be more than one. Let's find out. Yes. I love a good goog. <laughs> oh, nothing too. like a hot goog action. That's nope. what people want. Sorry. Can we change Cyber Monday to Hot Goog? Hot Goog action. <sighs> Searching change.org for takedown change.org. Uh, no, no, we'd be the no first. Petition. No petition for yeah. that. Weird. Mm. I feel like I still get change.org shit all the time. Constantly. It's like, sign this, sign this. And I mean, what, how much effect can a petition really have it can do it all of it can it it just makes someone go fine i'll like might pay attention to this (laughs) you know like there's no legality behind it right no here's one for impeach the governor of california and it's got a picture of him with a hitler mustache (laughs) that one has 18 supporters so look look for that change to dot org soon <laughs> uh, oh man! That. I love that. Tell Tyson to stop ripping heads off live chickens. Dang! Half a, mil- half a million supporters. That's gonna dot org soon. Uh, Tyson bought my 
family's ranch like back in the 70s mm-hmm. and now it's a golf course but i'm like what hell? wait what hell? the chicken people bought your land to make a golf course out of it they i don't know what happened between chicken and golf but <laughs> which came first you know <laughs> the chicken or the tea off um yeah well, that's how they were killing the chickens before they ripped their heads off of them while they were still alive. They just put them on, they buried them up to their necks in the ground and they put a golf ball on their heads mm-hmm. and then it, just it let took, the drivers do the rest. Took forever, but it was worth it. Oh, yeah. Everybody got much better at golf. <laughs> or worse. Or worse. They could only play with a live chicken after that. Yeah. Oh, God. So sad. I'm upset. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's history. It's Lisa's it? family history. It's his family. Yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh man, I don't want to write that book. Don't you? But don't you? Don't. Yeah. We don't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That was rude, but I liked it. How was your stuffed duck, Karina? It, it was overcooked. But oh, it was good. So perfect. It was beautiful on the outside. The skin was delicious. I just uh, put it. I left it in a little too long, so it's a little dry on the breasts. But like the rest was perfect, and I know the next time I do it, it's going to be awesome. It was so easy. It was so much easier than turkey. Because where, where did you buy the duck? Central. Central Market. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They had two kinds of duck. I, I had to like research which kind I wanted. Um, wait yeah I thought it was gonna be harder than that too but it's just sitting there in the freezer next to all the chickens and shit Um, you gotta look what do you mean there's more than one kind of duck (laughs) (laughs) well I mean in the in the world of course we've all seen well sure kinds of ducks yeah but like for eating what kind of ducks are there there's peking ducks right which is what you usually get in Chinese mm-hmm. food or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's Muscovy duck, which is what we got, which is, I guess, better for stuffing and baking and a little bit bigger. All right. Mm. How many pounds was it? It was only five pounds. That's why we did it. Ah. So we didn't have like a ton of leftovers, but we still got the whole like experience. So right. that was nice. It's kind of perfect for two people. Yeah. Neither of those ducks really sound like they're American ducks. So mm. no. Very foreign food, mm-hmm. even though no mallards here. That's the only <laughs> type of duck yeah. I know. I don't know if you can eat a mallard. They're wily. I'm sure wily you creatures. could. Isn't that know. what people shoot when they go duck hunting? Yeah. It is in Super Mario Brothers. It sure is. <laughs> With the fucking dog. Our dog's a duck hunting dog that doesn't exist yet, but will soon. Yeah, your future dog. Yeah. I'm actually thinking after this Thanksgiving duck and getting a duck hunting dog, mm-hmm. despite my complete disinterest in ever shooting a weapon at anything, mm-hmm. I might get into duck hunting, you know? <laughs> casually take it up. On Just casually weekend. shoot some ducks. Actually, I do want to take... I want to train the dog to duck hunt and then take it out and just have it do the part where it scares the birds and then just laugh and laugh and watch them fly away and then like go do it again. Like take it to Mueller Park. 
Yeah, and just have it point at the birds and then tell it, wait, wait, and then go and then have it chase all the birds. I think that'd be fun. That would be fun. I'd watch that. For hours. Yeah. Yeah, For hours. Wonderful. That's what Trish and I have been watching YouTube videos of Irish setters hunting duck, and that's our favorite part is the part where they sit really still and they point at the ducks, and the ducks just sit there and they have no idea what's about to happen, and then boom, bark, 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 fly, fly, fly. And then there's the shoot and kill part that's not as fun, but the dog parts look awesome. The fact that they can retrieve the dead duck is just impressive to me. Yeah, apparently that's the part you don't want an Irish setter for. They're oh. really good at the pointing and the scaring and the finding. But when you ask them to retrieve it, it's like a 50-50 on whether they'll bring it back or eat it. Well. That's what you want a golden retriever for. Okay, so yeah. so you're going to end up needing two dogs is what you're saying. I think we're, as long as we don't shoot any ducks, I think we're perfectly fine. If our dog happens to catch a duck, hey man, it's his. Like, I don't need it. Good you don't have to retrieve you. it. Yeah, it. I'm in enjoy it. Shout out. Hey, how swollen would a limb have to be from a bite before you went to a doctor? Uh, it, more than me, zero. Yeah. Like, I would have to. Ooh, it's hot. Mm-hmm. This, well, if it's I, hot, this you gotta go. Today. No, if it's hot, you need to go. That's infected. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels hot to the touch. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you infected, girl. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. I'll make a phone call Just after get this. Some fun antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to get antibiotics before it gets worse. And and like seriously, soon. Okay. I yeah. will Yeah, I'll make a call after this. Unless you want to lose a lamb. I mean, <laughs> fuck it, man. 2020. Right. That was what, your right, your right hand? It's not important. Yeah, not the one I use for everything. No. It is. No, you don't need it. It is the one. You don't need it. I'm, I'm definitely one of the people who would not go. Right? Like, I fucking, I, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Unless it's like, black well i guess the last time i had a really bad bug bite i was in college and um it was a spider bite and it swole it swelled up like real big and then came back down to like a not like a head it was kind of like a hole and um <laughs> when oh, i would like the up, yeah, yeah head like a hole uh yeah. and i i was supposed to go to this like dorm meeting or something and I stood up to answer the door because my RA was coming to be like, why aren't you here? And as I was walking, I, I, I like opened the door and I'm standing there and the RA is like, are you coming? And I was like, no, like I got this spider bite and I looked down to point at it and just blood was like leaking out of it. And I was oh like, oh, God. shit, it's leaking. And he was like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, so I'm not going to come. Bye. <laughs> and then I went to the doctor. That's I mean, disgusting. It was very gross. I have a scar on my leg from it. So take my advice. And chill until there's yeah, blood fucking, dripping. Yeah. <laughs> let what us, was the advice? Let, just let it hole out. Wait till your RA comes to yeah. you. <laughs> Wait till. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'll wait till my adult comes. Yeah. Oh man, let it hole out is my favorite piece of advice I've ever yeah. gotten. I feel well, like we talk about holes a lot on our podcast, and that's. Mm. I'm surprised I haven't told 
the whole story. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, y'all. Zap, Zing. zoom. Mm. Yeah. Proud zip, of that zap, one. Zap. Mm-hmm. Does it feel that good to be a gangster? Yeah. A whole gangster. A whole gangster. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, but welcome to Weird Brunch. <laughs> <coughs> We're glad you're listening because it took us, me, and other help from John to get the shit up and running because I'm um, not a very good technician. Mm. I think you're a great technician. You're a great technician. It's just something weird happened today. I don't know what it was. It wasn't doing the same thing last time we did it, but whatever. That's done and we'll never speak of it again. Yeah. I'm using my hot swollen hand to... When did you get bit? Did that I happen guess last, last night? night? Yeah. Because I woke up and I was like, oh, that, that is itchy. And now it's like <sighs> slowly getting larger. It's, well, it doesn't help that you have like a hair tie cutting off circulation to your wrist. That's true. Have you noticed when looking in the mirror that your <laughs> eyes... It's like... Are your eyes suddenly turning yellow? Okay. Look I mean... at how chunky this is looking. Do it that no, way. There, that's the way. Yeah. Look, it's even red in the picture. Like, it's- no, it's bad. <laughs> I can tell that's bad. You could do a telemedicine, and they'd be like, "That's bad." Oh yeah, do oh, that. Yeah. That'll be way easier. I'll just be yeah. like, uh, "Ma'am, <laughs> yeah, these arms." Just uh, tell them it's hot to a touch, and you've been uh, feeling the urge to howl at the full moon, and they mm-hmm. will send you. S- and you some also Belladonna. dragged it from s- through some poop poop. And now I it's infected. I, I was trying to close the wound with my <laughs> with my shit. You just typically wipe your ass with your forearm, and this well, time I, it backfired. Lisa came out of the, and was like, "I need someone to shit on this bite, quick! It's burning!" <laughs> just like peeing on jellyfish yeah. or whatever. And that's right. That's the mnemonic: <laughs> pee on a jellyfish, shit on a bug bite. That's yeah. It. I don't know why this is so funny. To me. Everything poop related is funny to me. I can't. Oh, you love what my story is about. Yay! Fuck <laughs> yeah! Sorry, Lisa. It's okay. Tell us your story. I will. Now okay. that we're all excited about anything <laughs> about <else>. poop, uh, <laughs> uh, I would like to talk about the legend of the little people. Uh, Yay! American lore. Ooh. We haven't done lore in a while. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. I like lore. Um, so these little people are like mm-hmm. 20 inches tall. Not it's joking. Little. It's little. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, in the oral traditions of quite a few uh, Native American tribes, including the Arapaho, Shoshone, Sioux, Cheyenne, Crow. Um, and then they're slightly different in some cases. Uh, some of them are like they're tiny people eaters. Ooh, like a, a one-eyed, one-horned, <laughs> flying tiny people eater. Got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. Wait, the the tiny people do the eating, or they're like delectable snacks for the people eaters? I think mostly the first one, but oh, maybe okay. part second one. I think it depends on the tribe. It seems like if you caught one. It'd be like, you know, the duck of the mm-hmm. cannibalism world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just enough for two. Well, and I would definitely be like, well, I've always wanted to know what people taste like. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> this, seems... this is a small one. Like, this is just a dip in a toe into yeah. the cannibalism. Yeah. This is, yeah. This this is like just a... a mall food court sampler of person. Yeah. Delicious. Um, I'll take two, please. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are in the stories, they're, you know, fairy types or leprechaun types, which is also interesting because these stories happened well before uh, the invaders came to America. Mm, um, so they want you to think. Sorry. What? Oh, there's conspiracy theories about how Native Americans were just white people who were here first. Oh my god. Don't. It's the Mormons. Just let it be. Oh. Sorry. Oh yeah, because Eden is in like Missouri mm-hmm. or some shit. Lost tribe of Israel. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. And then some of these little people were considered spirits or healers. Like, oh, there goes grandpa. Um and then so the Shoshone in Wyoming, they called them the Hill That's Nimeriger. That sounds right, right? It sounds awesome. Looks right to me. Nimeriger. Um and these little people would attack uh Shoshone with little baby tiny bows and little baby poisoned arrows. I love it. Uh, they would also take out their own kind with a blow to the head when they became too sick, weak, old uh, to be an active part of society. So, like sending your grandma out on a on an ice bed um, up north, um, and then uh, just you know a little a little note: uh, killing the weak, old, sick sometimes was a part of their own tribe. So you know maybe mm. they were also just. Putting yeah. that upon the little people, the yeah, night just passing the blame when our people were like, "You do what to your mom?" Yeah, in this tribe. Oh, oh, well, we don't. We outsource it to the <laughs> little people. Yeah, we would never, never. We would that. never. I, I could never kill my mom in cold blood because she costs too much money and she's annoying. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I've planned this and thought about it. Feelings. <laughs> So uh, I know you're uh, both thinking like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes, these little people, sure, Lisa, go ahead. Totally exist, yes. But mm-hmm. here we go, motherfuckers. Uh, mm-hmm. Several uh, discoveries, real discoveries, uh, mm-hmm. have pointed to these little folks being R-E-A-L, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's hear them. Let's talk about one. Uh, okay. So October 1932, we all remember, uh, there were two <laughs> men, Cecil Maine and Frank Carr, real names, are... Yeah, that's a country music duo, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I was going to say yeah. a rap duo. Mm, Maine and, and Carr. Maine, like Cecil Maine. Yeah. And who's the other one? Uh, Frank Carr. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, those, are, the those are rappers. End I'm, of it. I'm calling it. Uh, so they're digging for gold. <laughs> you take my money. Uh, so very typical, uh, right? Typical to do. What are they going to do? We're going to find some gold. We're going to oh, make no. our riches. And they're in the San Pedro Mountains, which is 60 miles southwest of Casper, Wyoming. Uh, and they end up finding uh, a 14-inch fully formed mummy. Cool. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Real excited, <laughs> still, still very excited. We're all very excited. I know. So these these dudes are, and I quote, because this bummed me out. This phrase, I don't know why, but they are working a rich vein. Mm. Oh yeah, it's called a vein. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I know, but it bums me out. Um, and they're running into more. Gotta... In... <laughs> Are you going to fuck up both of our worlds with your story? <laughs> yeah. I used to work for a company called Rich Vein hmm. in Australia because the owner thought it was funny because it's like Dick Vein. Right. Right. Yeah. Drain the main vein. Yeah. Um, I, I made the logo. It had a dick in it. Hey, can you yeah. share that logo, please? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so these dudes are like running into more and more rock. Uh, they are, um, they're like, you know what? Let's just keep blasting through. So they're getting all their TNT dynamite. Mm-hmm. They uh, blast a section of the mountainside and it exposed a cave in the rock face. It was 15 feet long and four feet high and had been totally sealed off from the outside world. Mm. So these curious little gold diggers, they went into the cave. They find a small pygmy-like man sitting cross-legged on a ledge. What? Uh, from There's an affidavit. The ledge, because when I first read that, I was like, what, like? like in the like 20 feet high or something uh <laughs> how'd that little dude get up there but it was uh the rock ledge was about two and a half feet from the ground and there was nothing else in the cave i would have left that cave so goddamn fast what's this little yeah. guy a lot he's dead right yeah he's like okay. he's mummified. that's the mummy mm-hmm. okay okay yeah <laughs> what if he was alive? i was like why is this little guy just in this fucking cave city <laughs> like hello <laughs> you found the buried treasure you will die in 1957 yeah, I, yep. uh, I, I only predict your death <laughs> that's all I got goodbye it could be a very freeing moment for anybody really it sounds relaxing yeah like oh I'm gonna die on this day I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want I do not right. until yeah. then I do not want it because I'll just plan on how to fight it until that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know your death day. Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> so when this little little baby mummy little dude was sitting, which he was, he was six and a half inches. So they were estimating like if we unfold these legs, uh, it'll be about 14 inches tall, which that's a lot of leg, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh The skin of the mummy was very uh, brown and wrinkled. The forehead was low and flat. Its features displayed a flat nose, heavy lidded eyes, and a very wide mouth with thin lips. Unattractive. You can Mm -hmm. look this dude up. Would not fuck. Not cute. Swipe left. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I don't remember. Um... The face looked like that of an old man, and it was so well-preserved. This is disgusting. Its fingernails could still be seen on its hands. Hmm. So our boys took this little baby sideshow to Casper, Wyoming. Scientists came from all over the nation to check this thing out. This is also, you know, 1930s, so everyone's like, let's go pillage Egypt. Did you say mummy? I'm familiar with that term. Uh... (laughs) And all of these archaeologists and scientists are like, bullshit, you fucking dongs. Uh, and so they 
they run a bunch of tests and well god damn the x-rays show a perfectly formed man-like skeleton and it also shows that this dude had been violently killed his spine uh there's a lot of spine damage if you look it up and look up the x-ray you can see it it's like it was a stripper for its entire life because the lower part of its back is just curved out like look at my Uh. j-lo booty um and the collarbone was broken the skull was smashed in uh and anthropologists ended up estimating that this guy was a fully uh grown adult that was roughly 65 years old at the Mm -hmm. time of death how okay Mm -hmm. okay and just a side note uh its teeth were overly pointed and it had a full set of canines those are these ones like mm-hmm. the like a mouthful not the of centers, sharp teeth. not the next ones but the next ones the incisors yeah like the sharp ones how long were they does it say like how big would a full set of canines be on the tiniest like a baby i mean i would guess like a tenth of an inch so that's what a centimeter i'm trying to imagine them in my own mouth right now how big are centimeters (laughs) why are you imagining the teeth in your own mouth you creep i want them in my own mouth i mean you can get new teeth i'm gonna and i'm gonna get sharp new teeth like uh there's like a little monster that has teeth like that bat boy bat boy does mm-hmm. who's that what what like batman has a boy yeah no oh no the little bat boy from the you know the tabloids oh i remember that the true real mm-hmm. yeah bat boy. i remember that the true real definitely not fake bat boy yes. got it yeah. um so whitney i'll let you continue to think about those teeth you're gonna get uh <sighs> But uh, so all of these examinations. Oh my god, <laughs> Karina! What is happening at your house? Are you safe? Are She's you like, broken into? By I'm about to right kill now? two children. <laughs> so Josephine's getting water with the ice maker, which probably sounds worse than it is. While. <laughs> Meanwhile, she apparently almost ripped off Charlotte's fingernail, so she's been running around trying to get a Band-Aid. They're now both outside. We'll see if they survive. I I think they're scrappy little kids. They can survive. They'll be fine. They seem okay. Just sharpen their teeth up a little bit. (laughs) Sharpen those teeth. Yeah. Uh, So... The examinations on this little dude were allegedly performed at the American Museum of Natural History and certified genuine by the anthropology department of Harvard University. We'll come back to that. Uh, The mummy was displayed in sideshows for years. It was purchased by a Casper businessman named Ivan T. Goodman. Before it was purchased by Ivan Goodman, uh, it was displayed by a prior owner in the Jones Drugstore. In Matitsi, Wyoming. I'm Ooh. not going to that drugstore. I am already there in my mind with my cool new teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've decided to take this story and make it like a D&D kind of adventure for no. yourself. 
I go in the drugstore and I order laudanum. <laughs> oh, I'd fuck with some laudanum too. Let's just get my job, y'all. No, I know your character. I know it's stats. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Goodman featured the mummy in car advertisements and he would uh he apparently offered for display like by others so he was like oh you want to fucking borrow this uh a hype poster was like it's educational it's scientific it will amaze and thrill you it's a pygmy preserved as it actually lived uh and the poster had like photos of the mummy and the x-rays and uh like i'm gonna buy a car from that guy though you know okay okay like I don't want to go in the. You're not going store. to his convenience store, but you are buying a car from him. Yes, that seems backwards, but whatever. Sorry, <laughs> that's where my line of trust. You make is. poor decisions. That's fine. Um, and then let's see. Most say that the mummy was lost around 1950. Uh, it's not clear how, but some say that Goodman took the mummy to New York City and then lost it to a con man. Others say he sold it. Some say Goodman died in 1950 and somehow the mummy passed into the hands of Leonard Walder, who was a New York businessman. And then he died in the 80s. Others say the mummy just vanished. So the Leonard Walder one, I didn't get to dig into that a lot, but most everything says that like after the after 1950, no one knows what happened. And this one's like, oh, but he died in the 80s. And no one's seen it since. And I'm like, well, okay. Who's who is who's this guy? Anyway, um, other skeletons of quote little people have been found in other areas of the U.S. Uh, near Coshocton, Ohio, a burial ground was reportedly discovered that contained the numerous remains of the of a pygmy race of people that were only about three feet tall. It's a little bit taller. You got a little bit taller. <laughs> and we have three feet tall humans everywhere. Right everywhere. Like everywhere. That's true. Maybe yeah, I got two of them outside trying to kill each yeah. other. Oh, we're getting to that. Uh, uh, yeah. So in 1876, another uh, ancient graveyard was discovered in Coffee County, Tennessee. Uh, it's a cemetery covering like six acres with remains of thousands of dwarf-like people. The Pedro Mountains mummy uh, brought bad luck to those who possessed it. So maybe that's why we don't know much mm-hmm. about that New York businessman. Mm-hmm. And Native Americans continue to warn their people to be aware of, quote, tiny people eaters who are still said to live in the mountains and high places of Wyoming. Uh, and then the two are our, our rap duo. They went back to search for gold. Uh, they registered their claim in Carbon County and they called it the little man mine. Oh, cute yeah but it never produced the gold that they had hoped for probably some of that bad luck um and today a sign still stands in shirley basin that signifies the location of the mine years later after it was lost so after 1950 or 80 depending uh university of wyoming physical anthropologist george gill picked up the story and it's his students were like hey hey doctor Hey, doctor, what's this about? And he's like, this is a fucking baby. (laughs) Like, this is a baby. So he said it's likely that the mummy was an infant suffering from, oh boy, anencephaly. Yeah, big, big skull. 
It, yeah, it doesn't. Anencephaly. Anencephalicephalus. Yeah. So, yeah, it, the fetus doesn't develop major portions of the brain. So they probably just like smashed it. Because I didn't mention that on the mummy, like at the top of its head, there was like a still like a jelly type vibe going on. Uh, yeah. So, Ew. yeah. Well, encephalitis, that's like your yeah. brain swelling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got <clears throat> arm cephalitis. Yeah, you have arm cephalitis. That's Rah. right. Mm-hmm. I'm a disgusting human. Okay. Um, Unsolved Mysteries in 1994 features this story, and they interview Dr. Gill, who's like, again, this is not an adult. And here's my thing. Do I trust the University of Wyoming or do I trust Harvard? You know what I mean? <laughs> allegedly trust Harvard. I, well, I do allegedly okay, trust Harvard. Okay. Um. So as a result of that Unsolved Mysteries episode, a Wyoming rancher uh, came and brought Gil another mummy and it was found in like the in 1929. Um, and Gil's, Gil's research was like, uh, this is an interestingly carved dried hunk of vegetable matter. <laughs> uh, but he kept it and he stores it in cotton and tucked it into a clear globe. So he's got it in his little office it's the university of wyoming so he made a pumpkin baby yeah he's okay. like look at my got it. or a pumpkin not baby yeah definitely like a, a full-grown human that is baby size it's like a a, a full-body jack-o-lantern it's a jack body got it jack body yep jacoby okay okay um gill thought that the pedro mountain mummy was gone and this is creepy but he recently said that he's uh, learned that the mummy may be okay and somewhere safe, but he won't say more. I don't believe him. Um, That's classic Whitney. I don't believe you. That's it. So that's our uh, San Pedro, the Pedro mountain mummy. Pedro the mountain mummy. Pedro, Pedro. yeah. Did I tell you I got called fat on a Pedro the Lion message board in 2007? What? It's yeah. still fresh, the wounds. Oh, I'll never forget. Anytime that happens, yes. I had oh, a, no. I used to tell that as a joke, but I, you know, Pedro the Lion's just a very mm. specific, yeah, <laughs> it's a niche yes. reference. Yeah, it's, yes, it's it gonna, is. It's going to go over the heads of, Almost everybody, including Pedro, the uh, the tiny actual mummy. tiny mummy yeah. man. Mm-hmm. It's going to go way over his head. <laughs> tiny mummy man. Oh, hold me closer, tiny mummy. It's true. <clears throat> well. All right. Well. Karina, are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Tight. I'm just getting ready to talk about my thing. Okay. So have you guys ever heard of a tree or bush called angel trumpet? Angel's trumpet? Mm. Uh, is it the one with the flowers that kind of look like trumpets? Yeah, and they dangle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know the, like what trumpet. those are. Trumpet, yeah. I've heard of like a trumpet vine. It's the vine that grows outside of Barton Springs Saloon on the fence between P. Terry's and the saloon. 
Exactly. Oh. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's it's a really common, like decorative. It's kind of a shrubby it's tree. Yeah, it, they're really gorgeous. They come in all different colors, like white and pink and stuff. Isn't it in Fantasia as well? Yes. Yes. That's the like flowers that are dripping down and falling in Fantasia. Bunch of, Bunch of dew. This is the most mm-hmm. any of us have ever known about one plant. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's because, great. because it's in a Disney movie and it's outside and it's outside of the bar. Of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes to show how common it is, and it's like a it's it's a very common plant. You could go get one at any kind of you know outdoor landscaping place you want right now. It grows in most of the U.S., but it's especially popular in the Southeast and here, right? Okay. Uh, and you can look up on YouTube all sorts of awesome YouTube tutorials about how to take care of your angel's trumpet plant, you know, for your backyard or whatever. You could just jerk it off. <laughs> you you could. And here's why you might want to. Uh, oh, oh no. <laughs> so angel's trumpet is the common name for the plant, which is called Brugmansia. And Brugmansia flowers are very pretty. They do dangle straight down. And then uh, kind of at the end of their flowering life, they grow very large seeds. And if you eat these seeds, they will fuck you up. They are the most potent drug in the world, 10 times more potent than opium. It's kind of crazy. I feel like bad that I'm even talking about on this podcast because it seems like the world's attitude towards this is don't tell anybody because if people find out, shit they're happens. gonna yeah they're gonna do it. Like I yeah I'll try it. We'll see. So okay, let's talk about before I get into the stories of people who've done this thing. Actually, let's just go ahead. So let's talk about this sixteen-year-old kid. And what happens is usually like a bunch of troubled kids trying to get you know can't get on their their hands on any nutmeg or whatever, and they're trying to like get, just get a cheap high. We'll find out about Angel's Trumpet, and then they'll go and they'll get some seeds and they'll crush them up and they'll eat them or snort them or make a tea out of them or whatever. So, and then like one will do it and be fine, and everybody else will be like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then they get a rash of problems in the hospital. So, like the 16 year old kid was transferred uh, from an outside facility to the hospital with uh, what was called an altered mental status. Mm-hmm. His mother found him. Seven hours uh, prior to the arrival at the hospital in the bathroom, confused. He has a history of depression and prescribed fluoxetine, but with uh, but the pill bottle was full. So the exam was notable because like his pupils were going crazy and his heart was just pounding. He was awake and alert, but he was kind of disoriented. And he started like having visual hallucinations. He saw cherries everywhere and uh, he was having conversations with furniture in the room. And his speech was getting quieter and quieter. And as his speech got quieter and quieter, he got more and more agitated and active aggressively towards the hospital staff. And he couldn't be like talked out of it. He was acting aggressively at the furniture and everything around him. No fever or anything like that. Uh, His father arrived and everybody brought, you know, a whole kind of investigative thing in to find out what was going on. And then uh, they found out for the great blind that a bunch of kids in the neighborhood started eating a flower called angel's trumpet. The only cure that they have for this in the hospital. So this is from a hospital report. This isn't like off of creepypasta or something. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm actually trying to translate this really highly medical thing. Um, the only cure they could come up for it to kind of bring him down was benzos, 
So to throw a whole bunch of photos <laughs> at somebody with depression. Um, no, so that's not yeah. good. That shows you how like last ditch effort they were going. Cause he was like rapidly losing um, bowel movement just everywhere. Ah. Um, throwing up just like, like emptying out in like seven different directions. So the way, uh, and there's like, there's so many stories like this of kids. This is usually how teenagers react to it is they just go violent, just like crazy mm-hmm. violence, um, rage at everything, have to be restrained, stories of kids having to get locked down. And then like, you can't even uh, give them an IV because they're puking and throwing up and thrashing so much. So you've got to intubate them. You can't knock them out because their body just throws it right up. Horrible, horrible drug. Lots and lots of literature on it in emergency room kind of areas. That's where I found most of it is like describing to paramedics what's going on, mm-hmm. but not a lot of like, you know, channel seven news investigates kind of stuff right, because like, I think nobody wants them to know this beautiful flower everybody wants in their garden is where it comes from. Where's the vice article about it? Like, yeah, exactly. We did angels trumpet and this is what happened in the jungle. I feel like someone did do that in a Texas state. It was some something that grew on Texas State University campus, and then he like <clears throat> crawled up these stairs, like he was in some psychosis, and crawled up these stairs to where his knees were bloody. Oh man! And like the bone was sticking out. Oh, that may have been something else. <laughs> that may have that whole thing up, but it might have been this too. Oh God. So how Brugmansia works is that the little seeds are full of something called tropane alkaloids. And what's crazy about tropane alkaloids is that they are both atropine and scopolamine. So atropine is what they put in you to restart your heart, right? It is really strong, like it's a jolt to the body. Mm-hmm. And scopolamine is um, what regulates what goes on in what's called your muscarinic receptors. Mm, yes. These yeah. are the parts of your brain that regulate what the medical term, uh, the medical world calls sludge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very familiar. Salivation, lacrimation, urination, defecation, gastrination, and emesis. Otherwise. Wait, that's what yeah. the medical community calls yeah. it? Sludge, salivation, lacrimation, ah. urination, defecation, gastrination, and emesis, which is also drool, tears, pee, turds, diarrhea, and puke. Dang. So, like, if you fuck with that part of your brain, those six things are going to happen to you, right? You're going to drool, you're going to cry, you're going to pee, you're going to shit yourself, and you're going to throw up. Yeah. Um, and like the a thing hangover. Yeah. The thing that's amazing about, uh, so that's what scopolamine does all by itself, but it doesn't typically get into your brain very quickly unless it has something that will help uh, your your bloodstream ignore it and let it through, such as atropine. So these seeds have both those things at once. Every part of this plant is poisonous. The leaves, the flowers, just touching it will cause skin irritation. There's no part of it that is safe, but the seeds are where like the most concentrated bit is of this thing. So what they've been doing with Angel's Trumpet in Colombia is they've been refining the seeds. Of course they have. Marketing it as devil's breath. Isn't that cute? 
So once I knew that, I started looking up devil's breath articles and oh boy, it gets fun. So what they use devil's breath for, it's not used recreationally, although you could if you really enjoy, you know, the whole sludge experience. Um, (laughs) It's for something you use on other people. For instance, you could use it to kill them. That's what a doctor in 1910 did and almost got away with it because nobody had ever seen a woman die so horribly before. And he plausibly was like, I don't know. So Dr. Holly Harvey Crippen, uh, once they figured out that he overdosed his wife with devil's breath, uh, was hanged. So that was in 1910. So this has been around a while. Uh, It was also used in the 1930s by the Nazis. Mm. Uh, as a hallucinogenic truth serum. So a very small dose is just going to make you hallucinate and become extremely suggestible. And so Mengele used it um, after he discovered some research by this guy named Albert Ladenberg, a German chemist who first isolated scopolamine in 1880. So he just started giving devil's breath to you know, Mangala just started giving it to people to see what the fuck would happen. One of the nice side effects was that it made people do whatever you told them to and tell you the truth. <laughs> Therefore, scopolamine has been primarily used in the 20th century by the CIA. Mm, God damn it. There we go. Every time you've seen a Mission Impossible movie or some sort of spy movie where somebody comes in with rubber gloves on and an injector and then they stick something in you and it's a truth serum... And we're all like, oh, that's movie shit. No, it's this. It's Angel's Trumpet. That's literally what it is. And they do do it. And you can just inject a little bit. And at the right dosage, it'll just make you sweaty and disoriented and tell tell people whatever you know. So it's real. And it's out front of Barton Creek Saloon right now. Uh, Just so you know that. (laughs) Spring Saloon. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, Yeah. So what the Colombian drug gangs are using it for is a sort of a roofie-ish thing where they sprinkle it into people's drinks, get them nice and disoriented, have them uh, take the drug lords to their home where they steal all of their shit because another nice side effect of devil's breath is that you wake up not remembering anything that happened. So that 16-year-old that I described to you at the beginning He woke up from all of that completely fucked up physically. I mean, like he had bitten part of his tongue off. He had like all sorts of cables coming out of him, scratches all over him, Um, all sorts of destruction he'd done to himself and others had to do to strap him down, covered in bruises. And he woke up going, what happened? Because he hadn't remembered the last two days. Fuck, man. Yes. So it's mostly used for that kind of fun, especially with... Old people, because while young people react extremely violently and aggressively, older people who have lost all of those extra hormones that make them lash out at the world just become super docile. Uh, As long as you don't overdose them to the point where they croak, they'll just become super docile and suggestive and have pleasant chats with the furniture or whatever until the Mm -hmm. physical shit kicks in like eight or 10 hours later and they throw up everywhere. So you've got a nice eight hour window to give it to uh, old Aunt Bessie, have her take you to her house, steal all her shit, and then leave her there where she will throw up and maybe bleed out on the carpet. And even if she does survive, she won't remember a thing. (laughs) 
Man. <laughs> Holy shit. I have a step grandmother who <laughs> Yeah. Bitch, I might. Yeah. That's uh so that is Angel's Trumpet, which again is everywhere and perfectly legal, and you can go buy it right now at any of your favorite gardening stores or just see it on in your neighbor's front yard. That's wild. I feel like yeah. we talked about I took a magic rituals and religion course in college. Of course I did. And I feel like we talked about that like in depth. Um uh, mm-hmm. cuz it's also like isn't it like a zombie drug? That's what it's called. It's called the zombie yeah. drug because you can just make people do what you want. And like the drug is pretty well publicized and known about, and especially the truth serum part and when you say scopolamine uh, people who kind of know their narcotics are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the part that's kind of kept hush-hush is that its biggest and easiest way to make is out of these very common plants. Like that's how it's mass produced when it is mass produced. It's from these plants. It's like the willow bark to aspirin kind of connection. So that's crazy. Yeah. I, there's yeah. so much of that, though, that mm-hmm. we don't even know about yet. I know white oleanders are poisonous. Plants don't mm-hmm. want us here, and we need to realize <laughs> I that. I mean, that's true. We need to respect that, is what I'd we, say. Yes. Wake yeah. us, respect it, eat what they give you, and hope for the best, because they're trying. <laughs> wake up, respect it. <sighs> Love it. Yeah. Oh, uh, if you go to Colombia, uh, don't hire a hooker. Because all of the hookers are run by the drug gangs, and they are all given a dosage of scopolamine, devil's breath, um, with I mean, which to, to drug you and take your money. Drug and rob you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't blame a hooker in Colombia for doing that. And yeah. I'm honestly kind of glad that now they have some form of somewhat protection. I wonder how long it takes to kick in. Like, what's the lag time? It's about eight hours. It depends from person to person, but it's, it's a very slow, it's a nice slow progression. So it's like kind of the, a really good drug for that kind of use because you can drop it, no effects. Then you slowly become more suggestible and then you slowly start to hallucinate, but in a way that it seems real because it's happening so slowly, it's not like an LSD kind of thing where you're like, Oh, the world got weird all of a sudden. It's more like, Oh, it's perfectly normal for me to be talking or like there was one kid who was described as being in the hospital and uh, he was in the hospital on this thing. And all of a sudden he looked at the IV tube coming out of his arm and he thought it was his actual veins coming out of his arms. And he just started uh, screaming. Yeah. That poor kid. Yeah. Cause he got IV before like it really kicked in. And then like a couple hours after that is when the aggression kicks in. And then a couple hours after that is when your body just tries to turn itself inside out. Ugh. Yeah, well, it does sound like a hangover. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to, you know, describe it. <laughs> when your body tries to turn itself inside out. Lovely. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. mine doesn't have uh, necessarily anything to do with that. But it does have fun shit going on in it. So Wait, I'm sorry, real quick. I'm yes. sorry. Yes, yes. What if a dog eats this? I was thinking about that too. 
Yeah, like, I animal? saw Google results for that, and I was trying to like click through, but I didn't find as much information if it's poisonous to animals. That's because I don't know. They probably just throw like it up animal. right away. Probably. Yeah, I know poinsettias are bad for dogs. Yes, yes, they are, and people, um, babies eat them and die every year. Huh. Jesus. Um, Merry yeah. Christmas. yeah, Merry Christmas. Here's your poinsettias. I uh, did find a video where somebody, some British guy, starts it off like the first 30 seconds. I'd play it for you, but it won't come through my headphones. Where he's just like, a man in France woke up with his tongue next to his body. And next to that, his penis. The <gasps> answer, devil's breath. Like, it's there's so many crazy-ass uh, stories of what people do to themselves when they're on this drug. It's... It's like bath salts, but 50 times worse. Right. Kratom or whatever. Or not Kratom. Yeah. That's no, not Kratom. I th- um, talking about crocodile. 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 Yeah. yeah. The Russian one. Mm-hmm. It's like that, except you can get it wherever you want. <laughs> I wonder if that guy just got really determined to suck his own dick. I mean. Yeah, like I, I can't get it to work this way, so I'll just take my tongue and my dick and I'll just put them together. Put them together. Yeah, there yeah. you go. It's Same mushroom. idea. Brilliant. Uh, I, oh no, I can't feel it. Don't know why. Oh, gross. So let's let's talk about one of the most dangerous places on earth. Yay. Oh my god, are you so scared? Because you should be. No, oh. just kidding. You shouldn't. Um, no, don't be scared. So there's a happy little place in India's uh, Bay of Bengal. It's an island called North Sentinel Island. I've seen estimations that between 80 and 150 people here live there. There are ones that say it goes up to 500 and can go down to as low as 15, but it's very uh, hard to take the census. And the reason is because North Sentinel Island is one of those fun islands that is completely cut off from all like modern everything, modern civilization as we assholes who live Mm -hmm. in a first world country know it um the north sentinel people the sentinelese uh have their so like when you think about like a stereotypical kind of trope of like a native people who are hostile it's kind of i i think a lot of people's ideas of that this might be where it came from <laughs> so um the sentinelese people they think came from this group of islands called the andaman islands that are also in the bay of bengal of india and one man please andaman based on a <laughs> visit to the sentinel <laughs> Please, North Sentinel Island in 1967. We know that the about a hundred ish or so, we'll average it out. People who live there live in lean-to huts with slanted roofs. Uh, they're built facing facing each other with a fire outside of each hut. They also have their own 
type of canoes that they built. They use long poles and uh, fish in the waters around North Sentinel Island for food. There's also a big reef that surrounds the island. Um, so it's very hostile to larger boats like nobody can really get to it, which has added to the fact that the Sentinelese people can keep themselves completely isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, they're hunter-gatherers, and they live on fruits and tubers on top of what they are able to fish. There are eggs and stuff from seagulls. They, every once in a while, kill a bird. This is what they do. Uh, their only outfit is basically kind of like a little belt. Some of them wear a headband, but generally they're naked. They live out on this island and it's warm all the time. There's not really any need for any clothing. Uh, I so, never bought that. Like, wouldn't you just bug bite? I mean, are they immune to bug bites? I don't know. That's they're... what I would want clothes for. Yeah. Uh, Maybe right, it's Lisa? part of that swelling. Well, Lisa mm -hmm. got the bug bite and I'm pretty sure she was still wearing clothes when she got it. The bugs are in our clothes. See, there you go. So there's no safety from bugs. I'm moving. <laughs> Just especially Texas. You're no. not going to walk into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Go to North Sentinel Island. Yeah. You'll yeah. most assuredly be murdered. Might but, even kill a bird yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Kill a bird. <laughs> so the first kind of record of people really seeing this island is in 1771, an East India company vessel sails past the islands and they're like, wow, there's like, it's nighttime. There appears to be fires on this island, like, and people around them. I wonder what the hell that is, but we're on our way somewhere else. We can't stop right now. So let's just fucking keep going. Then a few years later, a merchant ship called the Nineveh runs aground on the reef. There's 86 passengers, 20 crew members, and they're like, fuck, we got to get to this beach. So they're there for three days. And the Sentinelese people are like, yo, we do not like you being here and we will kill you. Uh, they had iron tipped arrows, which people can only assume that they got the iron from that, from another wreck on the reef that they had salvaged this iron from. Mm. Uh, luckily for the shipwreck victims, um, a Royal Navy vessel arrived and rescued them right before they were about to kind of have to do this weird war where they were going to have to defend themselves against the Sentinelese people who definitely didn't want them anymore. Uh, so while the British were there picking them up, they're like, guess what? This is ours now. And we're like, yep, you're mine. Uh, so it was part of Britain for a while. And that's when a guy named, Maurice Vidal Portman is like, I'm into this. I feel like I'm kind of an anthropo uh, amateur anthropologist myself. Let's go back to this island and check this shit out. So they go. By the time they get onto the island, all of the villagers have fled. 
and are, I don't know, hiding. They can't find anybody except for this very unfortunate couple and their kids. And they were an older man and woman, and they had four kids. And this guy is like, all right, well, guess what? We're going to take you back to civilization and we're, you know, going to kind of study you and see if we can't find a common language thing. Uh, but literally, like, the second they fucking get to Port Blair, the elderly couple both die. They get, like, <laughs> horrifically sick. Both of them die. And they're like, shit, the kids are sick, too. You know what? Let's, like, pack up these four kids and we're just going to go throw them back on the island. So they did. Oh, shit. They oh gave God. the kids like some, some like blankets Oranges. and like presents and shit. And we're like, okay, here you go. Bye, sick kids. Here's a lemon. So that. Yeah, please infect the rest of the island. <laughs> exactly. And so we don't know exactly how many other people were affected if they were infected by these four sick children that were kidnapped and then just abandoned back on the sh- island without their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really put a real bad taste in the Sentinelese people's mouths when it came to interacting with anyone that wasn't themselves. Uh, in 1896, an escaped convict tried to flee the great Andaman. Andaman. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at saying that. Andaman. The great Andaman. Andaman. Island penal mm-hmm. colony. <laughs> yeah. And a makeshift uh, and a man penal and a man penal colony. And so he tried to make it to the island and uh, they were like, no bitch killed him. They found his body a few days later, full of arrows, just like floating around. Um, Is it okay? I'm sorry. Yes. Penal and penis. Is a penis named a penis because it lays down the law? Lisa. Get out of my house! I'm not in Lisa. your house. You are in my house right now. For appearances, I am not. <laughs> so, a hundred... A hundred years after the wreck of the Nineveh, a team... So, this is in the 1900s now. So that's a no on the penis That's question. a no on the penis <laughs> question. That's a no and a never. And get out of my house. Um, a team of anthropologists who's led by this guy named Trinok Pandit, they're working for the Indian government and they go to North Sentinel Island and they're like, okay, we're seeing the same shit they saw a hundred years ago. The villages are, um, they ran away from their villages when we pulled up and, you know, so they kind of like look at their shit. We get why y'all are running away. And, you know, oh, we're in like the 1960s, 70s now. So we're so much better at this. Um, they leave bolts of cloth, candy, and plastic buckets on the island and go back to their boat. Um, they did take some of the Sentinelese bows, arrows, and baskets and other stuff from the houses because they, like, wanted to research it. Uh, anyways, the Sentinelese people were like, 
I don't know if we like this candy and plastic and shit like that, but part of what they had dropped off was coconuts. And apparently the island itself didn't have any like palm trees or coconuts on it. And the Sentinelese people were like, we are fucking into coconuts. And this pandit and his Indian colleagues are like, okay, well, let's keep kind of going back and building up this trust. So every few weeks or so, they're going to the island. They're just making a drop of whatever, mostly coconuts. Mm. And the Sentinelese are- They don't have coconuts. They don't have coconuts and they want them. They are into them. The uh, Sentinelese are gradually coming out and like, you know, now they're seeing them on the shore. Now, like- they do seem hostile, but they're they're not as afraid, and they're kind of starting to trust Pandit and his crew. Why are they so committed to this? They're doing it the, under the guise of like kind of like research for the Indian government. Okay, I think it's just the fact that there's a bunch of people out there on this island, and they kill anyone who comes here, and no one's talked to them ever basically yeah. so we're interested and we want to know what the fuck's going on okay it just seems like that book he's just not that into you yeah <laughs> i mean yeah take the l so 25 years of this goes on and pandit is still he's building up this trust still and then in 1981 national geographic is like yo can we jump on this boat oh wait no wait just kidding. 1974, not 1981. Anyways, they're like, yo, can we jump on this boat and come with you? And he's like, okay, well, just, you know, remember these people are not even really open to me. And I've been doing this for 25 fucking years. So we can test it out and see, test the waters, if you know what I mean. Uh, so while they're out there, there is footage and it's like the only footage that they have of the Sentinelese people on video that's not like from far away from like a helicopter or something and it's Pandit and his crew and they're throwing these coconuts out to them. Pandit's crew is definitely still in the boat and the Sentinelese people are on the beach and they have um, this it's kind of more of a farming tool but can also be used as a weapon. I can't remember the exact word for it but it's like an axe but if the axe was like the blade was horizontal instead of vertical so like you would they're very good at chopping open coconuts <laughs> so <laughs> it all goes together so you see these people and they're throwing them out and they're into it but even while filming this one of the Sentinelese people gets pissed and the director gets shot in the leg by an arrow uh, and they're like get the hell out of here and by 1981 they were kind of pissed and none of like Pandit and his buddies have to kind of stop going um, <laughs> a ship called the Primrose and her crew, her crew of 28 runs aground on the reef in 1981, very similar to the Nineveh. But luckily, they were able to be sa 
the crew was rescued by helicopters. But before that happened, the Sentinelese people were like getting ready to board the boat because they wanted to like pillage it and probably just use the boat for scrap. Um, what the fuck did they think of a helicopter? I have no idea. Like I can't imagine <laughs> what would have been going through their minds just being like, holy shit. I wonder how much like air traffic is over that part. Yeah. Like, do they see airplanes a lot? Or I mean, maybe they have seen a helicopter. I'm sure they know what ships look like because clearly enough ships are going by this island for... What if if one of these shipwrecks just had like a world book on it? Like a whole encyclopedia set and they've read it all and they're totally up. They're like... Who taught them to read, Karina? I mean, yeah, they could figure it out. Um... Figure you it just out. look at all the letters, the entries for the letters. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Uh, so the fun part, the fun part, it's not the fun part, but largely everything, all the contact with them is kind of abandoned by the year 1996. Uh, however, when the big tsunami hits in 2004, People are like, oh, shit, like, what do you think happened to them? Like, they're just out there. They don't know. Uh, They fucking fought it off. Apparently, they were fine. Like, there was some damage, but uh, they did, like, a flyover, and the Sentinelese people were fine. But what has most recently happened, excuse me, I'm burping, and it's gross, um, is... The what always I feel like ends up happening, which is some asshole American trying to spread the word of Jesus is like, yep, is like, I need to bring the word of God to the North Sentinelese people. Diseases. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm proud of that one. Yeah. So. There's this guy. His name is John Allen Chow. He's 26 years old. He had been doing mission work uh, most of his life. He was very into travel and spreading Christianity. And he meets up with his friend and his friend is like, okay, well, if you're like really serious about spreading the word of God to the North Sentinelese people, even though it is fucking illegal now for people even to go there oh, at all. What? That I because I am Are not you at your house, at but I can see his photo. And yeah. he just looks like the quintessential Yeah. yeah. Uh disease. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Man. Have you so, heard about my Lord and Savior, diseases Christ? Oh God. <laughs> so like the garbage pale kid of Jesus. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll stop. So uh, everyone is Well we will we get like banned from a platform if I call this episode Diseases Christ. Diseases that... Christ is funny. Okay. I mean we could try. Who cares? Let's just do it. It's Christmas. Uh, no one will care. Yeah. So <laughs> ciao. <laughs> gets warned by everybody that the North Sentinelese people are not nice. They are not open to outsiders. It's illegal to fucking go here. 
But he said, I understand the risks and I'm willing to put my life on the line to do this. And so he goes and hires seven fishermen who, you know, work on the Andaman Islands nearby. And they are like, all right, bro, let's do this. They take him out there. His first attempt, like they have their big boat and they're like, okay, get in your little kayak and go over and try and Jesus them up, whatever. We'll be here waiting. So he goes out and is immediately, they're like, no, we fucking hate you. They're hostile. They like break part of his kayak. He they do not want him there. They make it very clear. They're throwing shit at him and just like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. So he goes back to the fisherman's boat and they're like, Hey man, how, how'd it go? And he's like, not great, but, um, I have to spread the word of God. So I'm gonna go back. So the next day, He goes back, and that is the last that the fishermen see him, the last time they see him alive. So from their boat, they can see the native people, the North Sentinelese people, dragging Chow's body across the (gasps) beach. And the fishermen are like, oh, shit. So they leave, they go back to Port Blair in Andaman and uh, they're like, hey, buddy of Chow, who warned him, uh, turns out he definitely just got killed by the Sentinelese people. You should probably like let his family know or whatever. Uh, He does. Obviously, they're devastated, but all seven of the fishermen end up getting arrested because they took him to a prohibited area. Chow was from Oklahoma, of course, where he attended Oral Roberts University. Um, (laughs) And from what everybody can tell, they thought it was too risky to and like just bad to try and send any type of person there to retrieve his body so based on my own just conjecture the north sentinelese people like put him in the sand and that was it so chow died trying to save what he thought was save their mortal souls well at least we know he went to heaven (laughs) yeah exactly uh but yeah that's the story of the north sentinelese people and why you should just let people be also i think they're the most successful like native peoples who have been able to keep everyone off their own fucking land it sounds it sounds like that island in the second Pirates of the Caribbean. Nobody knows. Okay, you're the only well, one. Yeah, I've <clears throat> seen myself. That's <laughs> yeah. You can't really like. I've never watched them in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, at least I know I'm in a corner on that one. But uh, mm-hmm. I bet all of our <laughs> listeners know what I'm talking about. 
I don't know about that. I bet they do. I <laughs> I can hear I them agreeing with you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it sound like mm-hmm? They're like, mm-hmm. sure. 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 Yeah, the second one, third one, something like that. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, we made it through. <laughs> we did, did we? Yes, did. What? Uh, Y'all, since I took the... Here, put your other one on. Since I took the hair tie off, is it it's spreading? Worse, and now it's in my hand. Oh yeah. no! Put the put the hair tie back on. That looks like two different people's arms. I know it does. It's very red. It's like yeah. my arm and then Roseanne Barr's arm or something. <laughs> the Roseanne Barr. Just... Oh man! <clears throat> Why are you throwing Rosie under the bus? Uh, what has she done in the last? Yeesh. I haven't checked her Twitter. I don't know. Yeah. Enough bad stuff, right? Yeah, that's true. <sighs> Is Roseanne still on Twitter? Do they officially? No, she's still there. The real Roseanne. No. Her. They her kicked her off the tweet... show. Yeah, her latest tweet was uh, she did an interview with Jim Brewer. Oh. She said it was deep as fuck. Wow. She's that's big right. into some conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Like big, big. Yeah, yeah. Shows up <laughs> I didn't know Jim Brewer was though. What? Look at him. Yeah, I could only assume Jim Brewer is. Yeah. I thought his whole thing was just stealing kids in the hall bits. That was just his. Oh, that's a read. Mm. <laughs> a burn uh, on Jim Brewer. <laughs> yeah. I hope he doesn't come after us. For yeah, that. exactly. Oh, I know. I know. Or we've really made ourselves targets today with everything we've been saying and doing. We truly have, but you know, this tis the season. The the, this could be the end of the weird brunch gang. Mm. Everybody, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Lisa's going to explode. I, y'all, I feel like arm I'm first. Not. Whitney's going to get arrested for maybe having a house guest. We're not really sure. Mm. <laughs> Unclear. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to be thrown on an island full of murderous people because I said diseases Christ. Yeah, well, That's you're at it. least going to get someone knocking on your door trying to see if you've heard the good word. <laughs> What's the good word? <coughs> <laughs> Have you heard the good word? No, I won't put this mask on. Yeah. Holding a sign that says sneezes twelve fifteen. Sneezes Christ. Snickleys. Oh, that's even cuter. Oh. So many. I'm having fun. Yeah, you you got it on the Jesus jokes. Mm. Well, we'll see you again sometime soon. Maybe. Yep. Maybe.